Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Traded football for some fight gear, then got punched right in the face. Woke up with a baby, puke all over the place. But I keep the ground with TYK, this is the best I've ever felt. Started doing stand-up, there's a new hand I've been dealt. So right before this makeup on my face begins to melt, it's time to go below the belt. What is happening, thickies? What is happening? It is about 9.30 a.m. In Los Angeles, California. Starting to open up a little bit. There's light at the end of the shitty tunnel, kids. Oh, yes. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah, man. Excited. We're just going to jump right into this one. There's so much to get into with this uh, mixed martial arts world. It is a giant men's soap opera, really, mm-hmm. with all the... With all the shenanigans going on, man, um, you have, you're probably guessing why I'm dressed like a, a Puerto Rican on the Cleveland Indians. Uh, it's because I'm headed to Cleveland. Headed to Cleveland this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday shows are sold out. Uh, we There's more tickets available for Friday and Thursday. They just released. So if you didn't get tickets, check the link now, fatkz.com. Hilarities Cleveland this freaking weekend. Love, love Cleveland. Can't cheat on my diet out there. Your boy's down 14 pounds, Damn. so I can't cheat on the diet out there. Whatever, man. We'll have a good time, Cleveland. But yes, let's get into it. UFC 259. Man, uh, on paper, best card of the year. Best card in a long freaking time. Am I right? Yeah. So the prelims were lit. Pre- prelims, I did. A, I posted a, a meme on my... Uh, on my Instagram because the more you, I looked into the prelims, like these, pre, these prelims are about to be fucking fire. So you better sit down, get some popcorn at 3 PM. Cause you're going to be in the seat from 3 PM to 10 PM. There it is. Mm-hmm. Base thing about Izzy, Jan, uh, me, these prelims are about to be fucking lit. And that is so true. The prelims were lit. The prelims were what, um, I think as a hardcore that we knew was going to be great. And if you're not a hardcore and just turn in the main event or the main card, you're probably like, God, this, this is kind of boring, man. I get it. Um, there's always a lot of hype. And it's tough to beat the hype when every outlet involved with fighting is hyping this card up as the best of all time, best in a long time, whatever you want to say. This card was stacked, man. And the prelims from Dominic Cruz to Casey Kenny. And down lived up to it. And then we get to the main card. It was tough, man. It really was. You know, uh, Makachev, the, the big favors, the big favorites, I should say, did their job. You know, with Makachev and Amanda Nunez, they just kind of steamrolled through them. Um, so they did what they're supposed to do. So it's not like that was that exciting, right? And the others we will get into, you know, for me, I, I started watching uh, from prelim number one that started, at, again, 3 p.m. Pacific time. The main card didn't end till 10 p.m. That's seven hours of fighting. Listen, 
I love fighting. There's nothing more I love in the world than a great fight night. Seven hours might be a tad much even for your boy. Seven hours. It, it was By the time the main event came on, like, let's just get this fucking over with. I was thinking to myself, please don't go to a decision. Anytime there's a fight on the main card, I was thinking, dear God, don't go to a decision. I'm so tired. And even the commentating team, who's the best in the business, the best that we've ever had, even their energy was a little low, wouldn't it? All of a sudden, John Egg turned into a, a late-night smooth jazz, 97.7, smooth jazz. They were just tired, man. By the time Jan and Israel came out there, Anik was like, uh, straight left from Izzy, Lance. Ooh, that was tough. Thank you for watching UFC 215. They were just tired, man. It was like if I someone could just throw a little cocaina over the side of those six foot distant uh, glass cages for him and, and spark these boys up. But I was tired, man. Uh, I was tired, and there was, I I don't know. It's the first, and I know there's no crowd there, so you don't feel like the elect, the electric from all the bodies and the chanting, all that. I get that, but we've seen other main events where it feels like a big event. It feel you can feel the animosity, you can feel how bad these guys want it. And it started with Izzy's walkout song, right? Super calm. And then Jan's walkout song, super calm. And they get in there, and it's almost like a glorified sparring match. It was, it was very, very strange, man. It was very, I, I, it just didn't feel as big as it should be in a super fight. The middleweight champion of the world, one of the most famous guys walking the planet, one of the best fighters in the world, versus this Polish monster who's the undisputed light heavyweight champion. It didn't feel that magnitude. And they fought like that. And the energy was like that. And the commentating was like that. And everyone was like that. So, you know, the, the main card was a bit of a shit show. It started off with Racket and uh, Santos. And, you know, I sat down with my family and my friends over. And Kat came over and Stevie Blue Eyes. And, you know, the whole squad's there. And we got healthy food. Your boy was grilling. And the, everyone's, like, around, you know, the, you know, having drinks. And around, like, the kitchen table. I'm like, hey. We're going to want to sit down for this one. This one ain't going to be last long. I'm telling you, this one, five minutes under. Put your money five minutes under. Boy, was I off because sometimes when you have a guy like Racket, you have a guy like Santos. Santos coming off a loss, coming off those, those fucking Jagillian knee surgeries, um, you know, fighting a powerful dude in Racket who's ranked number four and th- Santos number two. Sometimes they're, they're both gun shy. Sometimes it's just kind of this standoff where neither guy wants to engage and then that's what you get. It happens. It's just styles make fights. And we thought these guys were going to go for broke, like we've seen in their previous history of fighting. And it just so happens that when they fight each other, they don't go for broke. They know how much power that guy has and they know how much power that guy has. And they don't want to play that game. There's too much to risk because really at light heavyweight, you know, obviously Glover's going to get the next title shot. But other than that, it's wide open for anyone with one big win to get a title shot. Both of you guys knew that. So I think Rakic fought like that. Santos, I think may, there might be some issues going on there. Maybe you know a little bit trigger shy, a little bit worried about his knee. It's just not the same Santos that we saw before. Rogan mentioned that in the broadcast. Um, I, I think it might be that. Maybe he's not moving like he did. Obviously, you fucking blow out your knee and you have a million surgeries. You got this robotic knee. You're not going to move like you did when you didn't have the surgery. So there's something to that. But I still think... Racket's a monster, and he didn't want to get knocked out. There's also that. But I, I agree. His movement wasn't as fluid. Rogan made that point. The movement wasn't as fluid. Um, it just wasn't. So for Racket, you know, I, I guess he moves up. 
you know, he got the job done. He's a monster, man. He got the job done. So I guess he goes to, I don't know if he jumps to number two, but, you know, definitely three. I, I don't know. You beat him. You replace the guy. I, I don't know how the fuck they're going to do these rankings. So Glover's number one easily. Dominic Reyes, does he jump over Dominic Reyes? I don't know, man. I don't know. Because Dominic has to fight Yuri, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what I think happens. Glover's going to get the top shot. Bar none. Probably, you know, and if this was the NFL or NBA where they don't care about fame and hype and super fights and going down these weird roads to, you know, get pay-per-views, in, in the regular world, Glover would have fought. He should have been fighting last Saturday. He, he's earned his shot, right, with his win over Santos. Coming back, you know, what a story. He's 40-something years old. He's basically our Brazilian Tom Brady of the UFC. That's exactly what he is. So he should have been fighting this weekend. But they decided to go down this different path, super fights, which I'm not mad at, but can make the divisions a little hairy, holds the divisions up. The potential if Izzy would have won, and we'll get to that. So I would assume Glover gets the next shot. Then after that, you know, um, I would assume the UFC wants Yuri to beat Dominic Reyes. You know, with with his background, former world champion, there's a lot there that they can sell. He's marketable, looks like a Greek god. So I would assume probably the winner of that, unless it's Dominic Reyes, I, I don't think they're going to – let's say Jan beats Glover, which is a big if, but let's say in this weird Polish world we live in, Jan beats Glover. I don't think they're going to give Dominic Reyes the chance right away, even if you're to beat Rakic. Um or I'm sorry, Yeri. I think Racket would actually get a shot before Dominic Reyes, even if Dominic starches Yeri. I think that's what happens. So after Glover, your next contender for the belts can be uh, Racket or Yeri. That's what I think happens. Let's take a little break from this UFC drama-filled show because, fellas, the sport of business means demanding excellence from your craft and wardrobe. Your fits need to be versatile, blending timeless style and comforts so you can look as good as you feel. For that, there's Cuts Clothing. They've taken out classic men's fashion staple, the plain tee, and refined it, combining premium quality and it is fantastic. Cut shirts, polos, hoodies, crew sweatshirts are made for the man who works hard, plays hard, never sells for less, all in the sport of business. What do you want to do, man? Take a plain tee, but make it Tony Stark. All right? We got you figured out at Cuts Clothing. No more guessing, man. Uh, the perfect t-shirt? They got it. Because Cut set out to create a fabric uniquely engineered for each clothing style. All right? You never need to take it off. You can certainly won't want to either. Or try the wrinkle-free one as well, which I recommend because my shit gets wrinkly. So I love the wrinkle-free one. Cuts is premium with a purpose. Each piece of clothing is designed with custom-engineered fabric, expertly graded for a perfect fit, arming you for every challenge and opportunity. It's not just a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash BTB. That's cutsclothing.com slash BTB for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Listen, you know my nickname's a thick boy, and I'm your boy's down 14 pounds, and I've had a little help. I'm not just doing it all on my own. I got Mike Dolce, then I also got a couple snack choices that help keep the weight down, all right? 95% of Americans live in 
in the fiber gap from hyperdiligent food trackers to everyday americans over nine in ten people are deficient in fiber fiber is one of the most well-studied nutrients of all time and is bona fide superfood for most people until uprising came along it was nearly impossible to get enough fiber each day because it's completely impractical to hit 30 grams each day but you gotta eat two heads of broccoli enjoy that man these people made it simple and enjoyable that you hit your fiber numbers if you're on a diet like me it's impossible to hit the fiber numbers so thank god for these people at uprising food all right uprisingfood.com slash btb and buy the sampler bundle it's only 48 dollars, and you get six products to try that's uprisingfood.com slash btb and the first thousand people to use my code btb at purchase will get free standard shipping hurry while supplies last all right you gotta check them out man again it's uprisingfood.com quit putting it off get it going if you're on a diet this is how you hit your fiber recommendations it's fantastic it's quality all right the packaging is dope the taste is fantastic it's uprisingfood.com slash btb light heavyweights not looking too too bad now that john left though He's not looking too bad at all. That was to kick off the minute. So it was just kind of like, all right, so we're starting, whatever that happens, that style, that styles make fights. Both guy, too much pressure, whatever, moving on. So then Makachev comes out against Drew Dober. Drew Dober should have been ranked in the first place. Islam's, I think, ranked, what, number 14 or some shit like that. And here, and, and I said this going in into this fight on last Monday's show. Anybody you talk to about Islam says this kid is the next world champion this kid is the next habib this kid is it nobody in the world can beat this kid and i've taken that in i you 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 know he hasn't beat a ton of big names but he also hasn't been that much danger and you you look at you know at, at lightweight the you know you got those four monsters right you got that lightweight tournament basically going on and so that's kind of mapped out but when you when you look at islam and you look at the potential matchups and this is what's going to happen whether you guys like it or not islam's fighting a top five top four guy next he's going to get catapulted into that mix he just is so you know you have dustin poirier who we're going to call the champ you got dustin poirier you got justin gaethje and you got michael chandler right and so you know you got charles Oliveira in there i so there's it's a four-man race so who's on the outside looking in who can kind of can't really call their shots be Tony Ferguson and Islam asked for Tony. Um, I'm, I'm curious if Tony's going to take the fight. You know, he's turned down some other fights before like Chandler, some other guys, and I'm all for it for this reason. How bad did you guys want to see Khabib and Tony? We were dying, dude. It's very rare that fights or sports in general break my heart. When that fight got rescheduled for the third time, it fucking broke my heart. I was dying because remember that's vintage Tony, vintage Khabib. God, who's gonna win? Tony's on this crazy win streak. Khabib's doing the goddamn thing. I want to see that fight so bad to figure out who is the best 155 on the planet, potentially who's the best fighter on the planet. Didn't happen. Well, now we kind of get that. Obviously, he's not Khabib. Doesn't have the hype. Doesn't have the background as far as his his uh, wins. But he's pretty similar. And if you talk to anybody at AK. Daniel, aka Daniel Cormier, Josh Thompson, Luke Rockhold, they're like, mm, he's actually does things a lot better than Khabib. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, he just, he hasn't even, you, what you've seen inside the octagon, you really, he hasn't been pushed. He, he, he's not even using his tools. Like, he's just getting by with his, you know, his, his, he's still in first gear, man. 
You haven't seen this guy hit second, third, fourth, fifth. No one's brought it out of him, which is fucking scary. So apparently, you know, when it comes to mixed martial arts, he, he he's just as good as Khabib in wrestling. I think his submissions and ground pound, I don't know if it's the same as Khabib, especially with the wrist control, but his 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 uh, scrambles look pretty fucking filthy against Drew Dober. Um, apparently, his striking's better than Khabib's. So with that said, I'm all for Islam versus Tony Ferguson because it's actually going to check that box. Now, granted, it might be a little different. Tony, maybe he's a little weathered. Maybe you know he's coming off some losses, so the hype's not as much. But we can stylistically, we can see because obviously Islam, being Islam or Khabib's coach has to be the easiest gig in the world. Uh, take him down. Uh, round two. Yeah, keep taking him down. Uh, yeah, take him down. Avoid the punch. Get to take him down. I mean, okay. I mean, I guess they warm me up, but then when you get out there, you know what the fuck to do. Get these guys down. So, you know, I, I just think it'd be a good run through for, 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 Islam and Tony to do this, and it kind of wets our beak for those of that are still hanging on to Khabib Tony. It does for me. I'm all about it because what's interesting is obviously we know Tony Ferguson probably in that division. You know Charles Oliveira might have something to say about it, but besides uh, Charles, you know off their back, dangerous. I, I would say he's probably more dangerous than Charles Oliveira off his back. Tony is because the elbows. Obviously, the the threat of submission, uh, you know, and scrambles, the darshes, the anacondas. He's a fucking monster down there. Well, let's see it because this guy wants to go to the ground with you, and that's all he wants to do, and he reckons himself way better, and he called you out. I don't know why you wouldn't make that fight. So Islam's number 14. If you're hanging on to rankings and 14, that do, I'm telling you this guy's going to get catapulted. He's going to jump from 14 to 5. He's going to fight for a title by the end of this year. Even though there's those four horsemen at the top, it doesn't fucking matter. He's going to get to Tony. He'll be the favorite in that fight. Let's say the odd makers are right. He beats Tony. Then he's fighting the winner of, you know, Charles Oliveira, Chandler, or Justin Gaethje Poirier. He's going to fight one of those guys, and he's fighting for the title. He's going to fight three times this year, and he's going to fight for a title. If I had a crystal ball, that's what happens with Islam Akachev. So you better get on the train now. Get on that fucking Russian train right now. Get on it, man. Um, so you had that fight, right? And I, again, Drew Dober is a monster. Should have been ranked. Been on a win streak. He's a fucking monster. Denver product. I know he. I think he's from Nebraska, but came up in the Denver circuit. I've been familiar with Drew Dober for years. He's a fucking savage. Looks like a superhero. His chin, his looks. He's winking at the camera. Monster. Super marketable. Great stand up. You know, Islam's a monster. And he went to the third round with him, so it's nothing to hang your head on. I think with the right matchups, Drew Dober, you know, Drew Dober's a top, to me, top 10 guy. As they said, most underrated fighter on the card or in the UFC, I don't know if he's the most underrated, but he's definitely there. I would actually say Jan's the most underrated or Stipe's the most underrated because they're champions already. So then moving on, you get Aljamain Sterling, Peter Jan. Why? I told you guys. I told you. The lock of the week is out. <laughs> <laughs> You I did. told you, you son. Did. Who's right? <laughs> I told you. The lock of the week. DraftKings. Aljamain Sterling. Bah, 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 bah. Who's right, baby? Who's right? I hope you guys got your money. I hope you, I hope you guys spent it. I hope you bought you know some thick boy merch. We dropped the hoodies and the varsity jackets. I hope you took your winnings. Bought that, which we are sold out of. Hey, man. <laughs> wins a win. <laughs> wins a win. Boy, I mean, Al Jermaine, could you calm down a little? Did, did you do 
all the blow in the locker room. Why were you so frantic? I, you know, he, there's something to be said for a guy of Algermaine Sterling's status that, you know, he's he's beat some fucking, you know, Corey Sanahan takes out in the first fucking two minutes of the fight and Marlon Marais and he does all this dope shit. And then it's just when you fight for a championship, it's just a different animal. The room smells different. It feels different. Your opponent's different. So it, apparently for Al Jermaine, it was he, he was like a Tasmanian devil in there on all the fucking, you know, Kratom in the world. It was he was just that, like I was just like, oh, my God, someone calm him down. Someone get him something to relax. A Zanny, so, someone give him a drink, whatever he wants to drink. Someone needs to calm this kid down because I'm like, there's no way he's going to keep this pace. There's no fucking way. And show enough, I, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I, I told you I thought Al Jermaine was a complete walking nightmare for Peter Yan. And I thought, you know, I didn't give Peter Yan uh, the credit that he deserves. And that's on me. I'm a believer. That motherfucker is bad. That dude is bad. And Al Jermaine, man, you know, I thought he'd have a severe advantage as far as wrestling and, and grappling and um, in the kick game. And no, no, Peter Yan. And this is what's weird. I guess maybe it's a fatigue thing. I mean, he was the takedowns weren't even really technical. It was like the way my son takes down a kid, you know, on the football field. It just, I mean, just it was like the hand on the throat and trip, and it was like he was just bullying him in there. And so Aljamain started off, and I was like, I, I guess I'll give him one round. I give him one out of the three before this illegal DQ. And there was just like you could see Aljamain just melting as the rounds went on, melting, melting. And then when he got to his corner, and his corner man, uh, well, what's his fucking corner man name? The big dude. Ray Longo? Ray Longo. Goes, how you feeling there? How you feeling? And he looks at him and goes, <sighs> I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I told everyone to bet on this dude. And then Peter Yan just stayed calm, cool, collected, never really got affected, took him down, you know, ate some shots, but nothing major. And you could tell he had a plan. Let this dude burn himself out, and then we go to work. Let him let him feel the pressure of a five round fight. Let him feel the pressure of a championship fight, and he's gonna melt. And show enough, he was melting, 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 and then just literally about to take over. I thought he'd probably finish him in the fourth, and then you get that illegal knee, and it's not even like oh was it was his knee kind no no this was like a world star hip hop fight. It was a savage fucking knee. And I know there was some confusion. Rogan's like, well, Khabib said his, his corner actually told him to kick. I don't give a fuck if your opponent said rip out his eye. How many fights you have, Peter? You, you know the rules, dude. You, you know exactly what's going on. You know you can't do that. So, And then Peter actually came out and was like, I didn't even hear the corner. So I think maybe that's the corner trying to protect them. And good on them, man. That's a badass corner. I think that's trying to take the, the guilt and the savageness off of Peter Yan because – you know, they're like, oh, we told him to do that. You're a professional, dude. What do you mean? What the fuck are you talking about? So when I heard that, I'm like, that's a terrible excuse. That's a corner trying to save face. Good on them, but nobody bought it. And then Peter Young came out and was like, not nah, even hear them, man. I just fucking kicked him in the face. <laughs> so it's like, all right. Now, as far as the stoppage, you know, I, I know online the cool thing to do is gang up on Aljamain Sterling and go, you, you know, uh, Oscar goes to, oh, real original. Oh, Oscar goes to best winning actor. Oh, oh, oh. Um, there's a ton of that. 
I'm, I'm just not here for it. You know, um, who are you to say that he wasn't concussed? Who are you to say that a knee to the fucking face didn't hurt him? A knee to the face? You ever seen someone get knee to the face and it should be cool? I mean, it's very rare. But a straight down opponent, full knee to the fucking dome? Of course there's going to be some concussion there. Whether, you know, he's showing the signs that you want him to show to prove that he's concussed, guys definitely concussed. You cannot have the fight go on. You can't. But to your point... Let's say in your guys' fucked up world that 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 doctor came and went, "Uh, I think he's faking it. Let's continue to go on. Well, you're going to have to, for that illegal knee of that sort, it's not a warning. You're taking two points. Well, Al Jermaine won one round. If you take two points away, now now, now he's three rounds up. There's only two rounds left. Mm. So if he could have survived, he would have won that fight anyways, you fucking dummies. So all this hate you want to... now. I agree. I, I thought Peter John probably would have stopped them in the fourth if, if this kept going on. And then when you come back from legal knee, the, the, if I was a betting man, which I am big time, I would have bet that Peter John would have probably finished him in the fourth or fifth. But let's say he didn't. Aljamain, if that goes to the cards, they don't stop the fight, still, win, still wins the fight. So all this unnecessary hate you're throwing Aljamain's way because you didn't see the signs that you wanted to see of getting knee to the fucking face is insane. You guys got to back off, man. You got to back off. These are the rules. These are the rules. And it would be such a savage moment and be such a black eye on the sport if Aljamain was allowed to continue that fight. When you get kneed in the face to a down opponent, and then the people, I see the people going, well, it should be, they should change the rules. But it's not. You're, that's irrelevant. They, the, that's the rules, Bubba. Those are the rules. So we, we go by those rules. So by you saying, well, they should, it doesn't matter. That's out, dude. What we know for a fact are you can't knee a down opponent. He need a down opponent directly to the front of his fucking face. So he's concussed. You didn't see the signs that you wanted to see being concussed. Great actor, blah, blah, blah. The rule book says if a fight is stopped due to a legal DQ, that that man is the winner. That's what happened. I don't like it. You don't like it. But don't. it's not Al Jermaine's fault. It's Peter Jan's fault. If you're going to be mad at anyone, it's Peter Jan's fault. You know the rules. How many fucking fights does Peter Jan have? Probably over 20. So you you can't be mad at Al Jermaine here. You can't be mad. And also, if you're mad because he got the belt because legal DQ, he would have been up three rounds anyways because they took two points off of him. Figure it out, man. Don't send hate towards Al Jermaine's way. The hate, you shouldn't be throwing any hate because you don't do shit. But if you're going to do it, it would have to be P- Peter Jan's way because he's the one that put us in the situation. He's the vet. He's the champion that need the guy in the fucking face, which is why we're upset that we're even in this situation. You think Al Jermaine trained his ass off to go, you're going to get a legal DQ to win the belt that way. No, that's why he took the belt off. They're going to do it again, though. How many fights does he have? 17. 17 fucking fights, man. Beat the lights of Jimmy Rivera, former world champion. Jose Aldo, former world champion. Uriah Faber, not a world champion, but still monster. He's beat a lot of vets, a lot of big names, man. Well, he was WC champion, so still champion. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Point is, he knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows what he's doing. If you're going to throw hate on anyone, you shouldn't. But if you're going to, you shouldn't be upset at Al Jermaine. And also, you're welcome for betting on him for me. (laughs) Boy, was I off. 
Eee, that was dicey, dude. That was fucking dicey. I, I listen. I, I, I make a lot of picks, and sometimes shit happens. You don't know how it's gonna get, get there. I didn't know he was gonna come out like a fucking cocaine Tasmanian devil and just throw caution to the wind and have no technique and get taken down and melt as the fight went on. I, I can't call that. Who, who could? That fight was close. That fight was fucking close. Rematch is in- interesting though, isn't it? Obviously, you have to do that. I saw Aljamain. Someone sent me a, a thing that Aljamain was saying he wants to fight um, Cejudo. Henry Cejudo. Stop! Stop! Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not mm-mm. now. You're now you're fueling the fire to the hate. You have got to fight Peter Young. There's nothing else. And also, the UFC is never going to do that. You know this, Aljamain. But when you do that, now everyone gets more upset because now you took a belt from a guy that was an illegal DQ and now you don't want to rematch him, you're going to make matters much more uh, difficult for yourself online. If you care about that, don't do that. If you don't, do whatever the fuck you want to do. But obviously do because you're tweeting and trying to get the fight with Henry Sudo. That ain't happening, Bubba. You're going to have to fight Peter Yan again and it's a fucking nightmare. But to that point, I think there's a lot of stuff that Al can do different to make this more of a competitive fight. You saw that when he was successful is when he closed the gap, had Peter on against the cage. I think now he knows that the only way to beat Peter Yon is by pressure because when you're pressuring Peter on, he can't beat Peter Yon. He has to fight off his back foot and he can't fire off. We know this. Now you learn the hard way. You got knee to the face, but we learned that your original game plan ain't it. But what is it is the pressure is difficult for Peter on. So you got that. That's a good plus. And two, you got to make it a dog fight. You got you got to keep him close, get him against the cage. The chance of you fe- finishing Peter Yan are slim to none. This is going to decision. You got to be in superior, superior cardio shape. You also got to slow down. So there's some stuff that he can learn from that first fight that he technically won and do better. And even that is going to be difficult for five rounds against Peter Yan because now Peter Yan knows what you're going to do. The, the cat's out of the bag. So he's going to make his changes, and Aljamain's going to make his changes, hopefully. Calms down, knows that he's probably not going to be able to take him down. He's probably not going to submit him. He's definitely not a better striker. So you have to use your cardio, your athleticism, and make it a dogfight. Good luck. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. But I think it's going to be a better fight, and there's definitely more. There's definitely, I think, going to be more eyeballs, more hype on this fight now. If I'm Peter Yan, I lean into this Russian thing like, yeah, dude, I saw him down. I fucking can't stand that guy. I need him in the face. What? We're going to fight next. Bring it, dude. That's how we fight in Russia, you fucking prick. Bring it. And now Jermaine, oh, this dirty Russian, like you can do the whole American versus Russian thing. It'd be fantastic. Everyone loves to, loves that fucking Cold War shit. Do that. Do that. Uh, and then women's featherweight, Amanda Nunes. <laughs> what we can say? We would say, I, I think what's heartbreaking for Megan Anderson, this happens in uh, every fighter's life, except for a chosen few, is you get to a certain point, say you get to fight for a title, which is amazing. Most fighters never get there. You're 0.001% of fighters that fight for a title. But then you get there and you realize that you will never be champion. And it's fucking heartbreaking. We've all been there. I've been there. Most of the fighters on this card have been there. And it's it's just... 
if you're a fighter's fighter and you sign up for the UFC, your number one goal is to be world champion. Most that's really the only reason you're fighting. Unless you're one of those, you know, knuckleheads or you know, just slobber knocking, whatever. You you know, you're never gonna be champion. You figured that out a long time ago. But you're entertaining and you win fire of the night and get some bonuses, make some money, get concussed, and then drool out your dick <laughs> down the road. But for a lot of fighters like Megan Anderson, who is a former world champion in Victa, that wasn't her plan. Her plan was to become world champion. And then you fight a girl like Amanda Nunes, and you realize there's no coach, there's no technique, there's no supplement. There's it doesn't matter what night it's on. It doesn't matter if you fought her uh, two months from now, six years from now, ten years from now, next week. You will never be good enough to beat Amanda Nunes, and it's fucking heartbreaking. It wasn't even a fight. I don't think she landed a punch, and it was it was alarming too because. Right, Amanda stand there, Amanda stand, and she's kind of doing her thing. Amanda stand there. I'm like, all right, Amanda gonna fire off, and then she hits her with that right hand that kind of glazed the back, and then you see Megan Ashton's eyes, like, oh shit! It's like, yeah, that's the best we have to offer. Yep, and now she's gonna throw those things. It's gonna hurt. She ended up submitting her, had a, a triangle and armbar, so she could finish her either way she wanted, and that was mercy. Her cement her was mercy from Amanda Nunes. That could have got way worse. You know, that's how good Amanda Nunes is. Megan Anderson trained for 12 weeks, solely focused on not getting hit with the right hand. 30 seconds that you clip with the right hand. That's how fucking good Amanda Nunes is. She's a monster. She has that mama power now, the cutest baby in the world, <laughs> in the cage. So what do you do with Amanda Nunes? Featherweight, I don't... There's not even rankings. I... It, it's just like, again, it's, I always make this reference, like Jurassic Park, when they're watching, the, they were like, where's the T-Rex at? And then that goat comes out of the ground in a cage, and they release the goat. A man knew there's a T-Rex trapped in that cage, and they keep feeding these 145-pound goats, and she's just demolishing them, and it's scary. There's, there's no one. There's some other people in other organizations, uh, Kyla Harrison, who, who I'd love to see. It's a, she, she would still probably be uh, a plus 600 all right, it's better than plus 1,200 where the fuck Megan Anderson was. Um, and then there's a lot of talk of Clarissa Shields. I love Clarissa Shields. She's an absolute monster when it comes to boxing. Clarissa Shields would get finished in under a minute in mixed martial arts. She's just not there yet. But because we have no other opponents for her, this is the narrative right now. Um, so the the you know she's probably three to four years away from competing with a girl like Amanda Nunes with her boxing background. Um, granted, there's no at featherweight, so she's going to steamroll through some girls. But you know, we talk about ground game and the control, and it's just the distance, it's just different. But she has the potential to get it done. If you saw her box just, I think, last weekend, she, this girl was 17 and 0, and she just absolutely mopped the fucking floor with her men. So in boxing, yeah, she she's the man of Nunes of boxing. She's a four weight champion. She's no one can come close to this girl. So what, what do you do there? I, I, I guess for Amanda Nunes, you want, she, you want to get paid, you, you wait on uh, Homegirl, you wait for Clarissa Shields to catch up. Are you going to wait that long? Do you cross-promote and go over to boxing and fight her in boxing, which Amanda definitely wouldn't win, but you have a guaranteed contract where I fight you in boxing in 2021, and 2022 you have to fight me in the main event of the UFC? You do that, but what you'd have to do is it has to be a guarantee. Not like this Floyd Connor stuff. Remember for a long time, Floyd Connor is like, all right, I'll fight you in boxing, you'll fight in MMA. And Floyd's like, I'm down for that. 
Clearly, he's not down for that. We're never going to see that. He's not a, an idiot. But I, if you can get Clarissa to commit to that, there could be some interest there. But, you know, you're going to take some mystique away because Amanda Nunes would get starched in a boxing match. Just would. That's not a knock Amanda Nunes. But, again, Clarissa Shields in MMA would get starched by Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes in boxing would get fucking starched by Clarissa Shields. So you do one and one. But, again, you're talking about a time thing here. How, how long is Amanda Nunes going to wait for Clarissa to catch up? I don't know. But there's something there. It's interesting, right? It's a fun narrative. <sighs> and then let's go to the main event. Um, Jan Blakovich versus uh, Izzy Adesanya. Um, the judge had 10-8 are fucking morons. You ever seen a 10-8 round? You ever seen a 10-8 round? Those aren't 10-8. If a guy takes you down, whether there's three minutes, four minutes left in the round, and just kind of controls you, doesn't do damage, no threat of submission, that's not 10-8, you dum-dums. I ain't close. You're throwing 10-8 around like you're fucking Skittles. Since when do we do this? Well, that's new. Give us a heads up. You're just going to toss 10-8 around if a guy wins a round. But 10-8 in this championship fight, you're out of your fucking mind. You know, obviously, I was high on Izzy going into this fight. More, more credit due to Jan. He, you know, he's really proved himself. He's this Polish nightmare. And, and obviously, the thing in the UFC these days to be a double, double weight champion, right? So... You see a lot of guys do it in the lower weights, 45, 55. Um, maybe Usman could do it at 70, 85. But the jump when you go from the the heavier weights, from middleweight to 205, from 85 to heavyweight, from 205 to heavyweight, the weight's just different, isn't it? And, and, and we saw this. Uh, I thought Izzy, he still looked good. The speed was his advantage. Um, Jan, for a while, I'm like, what is he doing, dude? I had Izzy up. Uh, I had Izzy winning two rounds. I win two rounds. Um, not, not no crazy damage. She had one one good shot on him. Um, it was more of Jan. Just you know, the the feints had had him stuck. The feint he was he was biting on every feint, every feint, every feint. So he, he had just immense respect for Izzy. You know, I'm I'm not going to come on here and sh- shit on Izzy like I'm sure a lot of the world is doing right now because I like guys that dream like Izzy. I like guys that try to do the impossible. And when they don't achieve that, when they shoot for the moon, they land on the stars. I'm all for it, man. The 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 narrative of Izzy being a middleweight champion, a light heavyweight champion in pursuit of John Jones is fucking amazing. And did he achieve that? No, he didn't. So do we tear the guy down because he lost to a guy who's arguably 30 pounds heavier and a world champion light heavyweight and he's never fought at light heavyweight before? You're not going to get it out of me. What I think he's doing is inspirational. I think a lot of fighters should view it as inspirational. I think a lot of fighters should look at Izzy's skill set and realize that when you jump up those weight classes, even even though you have more of a skill set, it doesn't always translate. So you can learn from this. So anytime I fuck with the guys that go for that are risk takers. You don't think Izzy could have stayed at 185, which obviously he's going to do now, but he had done this from the get-go. You don't think he's the best 85 on the planet? You know, your fucking mind. Just to see what he did to Jan early in those rounds until he got taken down is amazing, dude. So if I'm an 85 round, I'm going to be a little alarmed because he's going to knock you guys out. And if you don't have a wrestling background, you can get fucked up by Izzy. And a lot of those guys that are coming up, you know, trying to contend for Izzy at middleweight don't have a wrestling background. You guys are going to get fucked up. So I think anyone going too hard on Izzy has never achieved too much in their life. And I think Izzy 
is a dreamer and he views the world different than the rest of us because everyone else in his position, except for a few fighters, would just dominate 185 and shut their mouth and talk shit to John Jones from a distance and it's fun to talk about. No, dude, he was legitimately on a path to fight John Jones. I know a lot of people go, man, they should have just done John Izzy that night for no belt. <clears throat> I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they did it because I'm an Izzy fan. I'm also a John Jones fan, but I'm a bigger Izzy fan. And Izzy wouldn't have made it out of that, that fight against John Jones. And it's not a knock on Izzy, but it's just weight matters. And John Jones is better in every facet of fighting than Jan. When it comes to wrestling, that's his pedigree, Bubba. So, you know, John wouldn't have felt Izzy out in those first three rounds. He would take him down in the first round, and the chance of Izzy getting out of that round was not good. Taking down the second, third, fourth, fifth, it, it would have been ugly. And, I, and I'm glad Izzy didn't sustain any damage. Um, you know, when Izzy was on the ground, you know, I know the game is purple belt. It didn't look like that, but again, he's fighting a much larger guy. So I think it's a blessing that he didn't fight John. Um, and, you know, I know John, uh, obviously John's thriving in this moment, um, but also, you know, what, what Izzy's doing, you know, is against all odds because what Izzy was going for is, is literally the greatest of all time status, bar none. And was going to fight his way through these bigger monsters to achieve it. And hats off to him, man. I love that shit. Absolutely love that shit. I love it. I love it. I will always ride for a guy like that. And look at, look, even in the loss, the way he d deals with the loss, he goes, you know, he made a great point. He goes, you know, MMA has become this weird thing. Like in boxing, you lose one fight and your, your whole career's over. He's like, it's just, I've lost before outside the cage. I've lost in kickboxing and boxing. So it's like, I'll learn from this and I'll go dominate 185, man. All right. Didn't work out moving on, dude. So I, I, I wouldn't, if I'm busy, I don't beat myself up too much. I don't think he is. Uh, for Jan, big feather in his cap. And then now, you know, I think more people are going to pay attention to Jan. Um, you know, him or Stipe is the most underrated guy in the UFC. They're champions and they're starching and beating fucking world title contenders in a major way. So I know, you know, Rogan thinks Drew Dober is, but, you know, Jan's beating these, beating these legit threats to his belt, man, and getting no respect. He's an underdog, but eight out of less 10 fights. I assume. The odds makers will make him a favorite against Glover. That's a tough fucking fight. Light heavyweight division is wide open. You you get one win and you're ranked in the top 10, you might get a title shot. It's wide open. It's fantastic if you're a fan. It's fantastic. And and I also think now, you know, the you know, let's say Izzy won that fight, which I thought he was going to. Let's say Izzy wins that fight. The light heavyweight division is kind of in a clusterfuck. Because is Izzy going to defend the belt there? What happens in middleweight? So it kind of makes everything messy. Now it's going to sell more pay-per-views. And for the casuals, you love that. And it, it sells tickets and all this shit. And it makes ESPN. And it gets all the hoopla and gives me something to talk about every Monday. But if you're a purist, it, it, it went down the way it should go down. Now justice is served. So now the divisions can move on. 85 is he just going to wait, you know, for till uh, uh, Marvin, uh, Marvin, Marvin, yeah, yeah Marvin Vittori, who, if you remember, uh, Vittori went to split decision years ago with Izzy. So I could see that happening again. You know, I know they talk about Whitaker, Cost, uh, Paulo Costa. I've seen that. 
I love Whitaker for you to win that. I, I there's there's some argument there, but we've seen that. I I think the the next title shot should come from Till uh, Marvin winner. I really do. Till versus Izzy again. If if I could play MMA God, that's the exact fight I'd make. I love both of those guys. The styles are fantastic. The build up would be fantastic. You got Africa, New Zealand versus fucking Liverpool. I'm all here for it. That's the fight. But you know him to be uh, Marvin is a tough fucking fight, man. A really tough fight to, to beat him. So we'll see what happens, man. But uh, order is restored, so light heavyweight can breathe and uh, middleweight can breathe, and, and order is restored, and we don't have to go down these these weird super fight roads anymore. John Jones can focus on heavyweight because he's a big task at hand there. He's fighting the winner at the end of March against Stipe and Francis, and uh, back to business. No more, no more, you know, these sidetracks and the shit show bit of this, this weird, you know, super fight world. Order is restored. And in a world of super fights with the Paul brothers and Ben Askren, who's actually on Food Truck tomorrow, and, you know, the Dylan Danises of the world, it's fun, but, but it, it's, it's limited. And the UFC is better when it's a, a, a real league and order is restored. And that's what happened. And I think some of you are relieved. And I get it. And I get it. So overall, it might not have been the card that you hoped for. The prelims lived up to everything. Um, you know, Dominic Cruz right there. I didn't have that split decision. These were these fucking judges, dude. I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know what the fuck we're gonna do. These judges, man. It's unreal, dude. It's unreal. It, it, if you think too long about it, it fucking piss you off. What can you do? Uh, Joy Benavidez, he has to look himself in the mirror, figure out what he wants to do. You know, he, he, he wasn't even close in that fight to winning, you know? So is he going to, I don't know if he's ever going to get back to those title shot, um, aspirations ever again. So, you know, I, I don't know what he wants to do. He has a lot that he wants to do outside the octagon and to their smart kid, great fashion, huge movie guy. Um, there's a lot of stuff he can do there. Uh, Kara France, a lot of hype coming up on him. He looked fantastic. Um, he's also a New Zealand product. Tim Elliott, Jordan Espinoza, I'm sure you have it in your current events, mm -hmm. so I'll save it there. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, Tim Elliott beat the fuck out of him and had some different um, motivation, which I, I wasn't aware of, which we'll get to. You know, one of my favorite fights on the card, there's two. My, my, my two favorite fights on the card were um, Sean Brady, Jake Matthews. If you're not on the Sean Brady train, it's it's fucking moving, man. And you're running behind it, and it's slow enough now where you can still jump on, but you got to get on because he's a fucking monster. He's going to be ranked in the top 15. He should be ranked. If he's not, it's a fucking travesty. He should be ranked. Jake Matthews is a motherfucking monster and should also be ranked and has beat some solid opponents. And Sean Brady looked fucking good, man. Fucking good. Shout out to fucking Irish Pride. What a tattoo, by the way. Uh, so I, I just think that that train's leaving. So jump on that Sean Brady fucking train because it's slow enough right now where you can still jump on because it's going to, it's going to, after this next fight, that train leaves the station. So get on there. So my MVPs are Sean Brady and Kennedy, uh, Nakaziku, Nakaziku. That's a tough one. It's a fucking tough one. We'll call him Shiku. Kennedy. Yep. I think his, his nickname's pretty fantastic. African savage. Yes, the app we'll call him the African Savage. Yeah, that's easier. Africans are fucking making waves, aren't they? In the UFC, mm -hmm. 
they're, they're fucking monsters. So uh, my MVPs of the entire card would be Sean Brady, who had a fight that a lot of people weren't talking about. Tough fight. Passed it with flying colors. Should be ranked in the top 15. If, you're, if you listen to the show and you're a person who gets privileges of rankings, fucking put Sean Brady in the top 15. Top 12, I think. He's right there. And then uh, Carlos Ulberg, if you're familiar with him, uh, close training partner with Izzy, has all the talent in the world, and was fucking this African savage up. Literally, I mean, just piecing him up. I'm like, God, hopefully this Kenny guy gets going here. And he knocked him out. Bad knockout, too. So th- those would be my MVPs. And then you'd, you could throw a little MVP-ish at Tim Elliott for, for what he was going through as well in that fight. But uh, get, on that, uh, get on that Sean Brady train, man. I'm fucking telling you, get on that Sean Brady train. Let's go, Kermit Mitch, Jen. All right, Jim, what do you got, buddy? All right, since you mentioned this already, the Tim Elliott thing, here's the actual footage. I'll play a clip for you real yeah, quick. You can hear it on the broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. I think you could a little bit, but let's, and they muted it. Roughing up his nose. Yeah, Tim Elliott's being a girl in 2018. Oh, I heard you choked a girl in 2018. You're, you're a woman, woman beater. beater? Yeah. And then Espinosa goes, you don't know the truth. Yes. Some, he's like, you don't know the whole story about it. Yeah. Uh, so Tim Elliott said that he didn't realize that there was a mic on him. He just wanted it between him and Espinosa. Uh, so apparently Espinosa's girl contacted him or messaged him, maybe like a DM, saying that he did something in the past. And then she showed pictures, I guess, of like, you know, choke marks on her neck. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So Espinosa's current girlfriend? I think a previous girlfriend. Oh, and she DM'd Tim Elliott mm-hmm. and was like, this is what's going on? Yeah. It's tough because we don't know what happened. Also, Tim Elliott, it's like you're going to believe DMs. Again, I don't know what happened. I have no fucking clue. Yeah. But if Espinosa did do that, I'm glad he got his ass whooped. And I hope the next guy beats him even worse. So text messages. He says he was a message text and photos between Espinosa and a woman. They were photos of a woman with choke marks around her neck. He added, it's not something I wanted the whole world to hear. That was supposed to be between him and I. I didn't know the mic was going to pick it up. Yeah, I you know, I just is there is there any charges press? Was there anything, you know, uh any charges filed? I just who who is this girl? Where are these pictures from? Are they legit pictures? Is it a legit source? I get a lot of questions. But good on Tim Elliott for finding that out, believing it and beating the shit out of him. Because <laughs> if it's true, I hope he gets his ass whooped. If it's true, worse yeah. next one. But again, we don't know. No idea. I will not be the jury on this show for it. I, I I need more facts. Exactly. Evidence. All right. So I know you said it's not relevant as far as the um, grounded opponent stuff, but do you believe this is uh, Demi- Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse talking <clears throat> about, he thinks that you should actually be able to need someone on the ground. Well, that's because he fights in one championship mm-hmm. and they allow that. So of course he's all for it. Well, when you, well, when you look at it, you know, when you do flying knees, they're, terrible too right but the grounded opponent thing is there's always tricky game playing and it's also like it's a gray area but again rules those are the rules yeah yeah that is the rules but would you want to see it potentially taken away Um, so they could actually ground a knee or a knee a grounded opponent i saw comparisons too, like different pictures of someone doing a flying knee versus a grounded knee if you know the grounded knee is going to come it does seem like it will help the stalling out quite a bit I guess my, here's my thing with this. Those aren't the rules. I know. So like the look at the first co- comment. I agree. Same rules. MMA has one championship. Sterling deserves an Oscar. Oh my mm. God. Be more original. An Oscar for the fake be- binking. Blink. Couldn't even sit up. LOLs. And how many fights does this Paul underscore Jewett have? How <laughs> many? Know. Is he undefeated? No idea. 
How many times have you been knee to the face by Peter Jan? Is it zero? Oh, cool. Keep going, man. But stood fine and being stopped being fake while the decision went his way and the belt around his waist. LOL. You, you, your pain doesn't count, dude. You, you've no experience and you've never been knee to the face. Uh, but of course, again, this is all hindsight. Man, they should allow illegal knee, but they don't. So yeah. what are we talking about? Uh, real quick, though. You as a fighter, would you, would that be something you would be like, no, definitely don't want, don't want that to happen? Or would you want that to happen? I can't control the rules, so I put no energy into it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I went on a tear saying we need to allow illegal knees to the face and all this shit, it doesn't matter. You're putting your energy in the wrong spot. And also for these fighters, um, it's one less thing to worry about. So if you allow ground, knees to ground opponent, so then we're going to do knees and half guard, side control, and mount. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where does it stop? Yeah, you know, if they just had one rule, not the different commissions or different it's areas. It's great. Yeah, it's just, great. If they had one rule, that'd be a lot better. Yeah, it's but. great. But again, this is all in hindsight. Yeah. Of, of, oh, you do want it? The people say, no, he's faking it. Oh, yeah? How many times have you been hit in the face? It's zero? You, we, you don't get a vote. <laughs> okay, so this is from Justin Gaethje. I guess a lot of people agree that the commentary was pretty biased towards Adesanya. Like his strikes were landing beautifully, all this stuff like that. They're more on Adesanya's side. That's what I'm hearing. But did you watch it? I watched it, but I was in a place where we had a bunch you of people. Hear? Yeah. So told you, told you. I know this is kind of tough. Justin Gaethje put tweeted, "Told you so." As did every judge. The count told you, <laughs> told you. English is not his suit. Told you so. As did every judge. The commentary was unbelievably biased tonight. Well, then your coach was biased. Trevor Whitman also was saying how well uh-huh. Izzy was doing. I don't. I didn't find it that fight over biased at all. I've, you know, Izzy was definitely getting teeing off and doing work earlier in the rounds. Then we got taken down. It was a different story. Yeah, I, you know. And then what's this? Why, why does Rogan have his shirt off? And it's an old. I pick. have no idea. Because <laughs> they're gonna fight. I mean, Rogan's a comic. Why is he like this? I don't know. It's a funny picture. So the, the so I, again I don't see shit. The social media is upset that the commentating team was biased towards Izzy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or they thought that they were sw- they're giving him more you know credit than he should have. Yeah, I thought he was doing well. I thought Izzy would do better. Uh, I I didn't find it like overwhelming bias mm-hmm. at all. Cool. I wasn't able to hear that well, so that's good to know. I didn't think it was bad. I mean, sometimes it can be bad, and it's pretty obvious, but I, d- I didn't see a problem with it. Also, Jan won, clearly. So, yep. Okay. I told you so that is every judge. I told, I, I'm told. i trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I told you, so I told you so as did every judge. Cause oh, because the, the judge had it 10-8? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you realize the judge had it 10-8 because of the takedowns, right, Justin? And still, that's too much for takedowns, right? Yeah. The judges were biased towards Jan. Mm-hmm. So that actually defeats his argument. No, so he's saying he told you, and so did the judges told you. But the commentary team didn't tell you that. Oh, he's saying even the judges were yeah. show, seeing it as a dominant victory for Jan. For Jan. Yeah. I disagree with that. There's no 10-8 rounds. But what does John Anik, Joe Rogan, Daniel Cormier, me, and a lot of other people know? What do we know? Probably social media and Justin Gaethje no more. Uh, we talked about this off air, but then the UFC actually cut Junior Dos Santos and Alistair Overeem. I don't blame him. 
older cats. You know, Alistair looked fucking terrible in his last fight. There's obviously not much left in the tank for either guy. Uh, you know, we've never seen JDS turn his back to a punch. We saw that in that last fight. They're expensive. They've had great runs. Two legends. They'll be in the UFC Hall of Fame. But, you know, if it's a business, I would have cut them too. Mm. All right. And probably their pay is probably like. Their pay is insane. Yeah. And the UFC is looking at cuts and. All right, we can't keep paying these guys. Yeah. The end the division has to move on, so I get it. All right, this was another kooky thing that happened during UFC 259. Dominic Cruz called out Hans Molenkamp of Monster, and he was saying this. Oh, let me play it for you, actually, just a little bit. You know, it's been a long, awesome, and amazing journey up to this point. I would love to get a charity fight lined up. You know, this is a day and age, Joe, where a lot of fake people can take pictures next to Lamborghinis, post it on Instagram, and then the Lamborghini is theirs, right? So, you know, there's a guy named Hans Molenkamp who's been holding a lot of fighters hostage, been saying he's an awesome pro fighter, and that he could take out everybody, and he's picking his fights. I would love for Monster to pick a charity of their choice. And uh, me and Hans go at it. He's got 100 pounds on me. He says he's got a ton of surgeries. I got a ton of surgeries. How about we do something for charity? He's got a 100-pound advantage. And, uh, you know, I think we can put on a good show for charity and make a lot of money for him. And he's been, he's been uh, forcing us to comment on his photos, forcing us to do videos and pictures with him, just in order to hold our contracts hostage. So let's see... You put your money where your mouth is, Hans, and well, let's do something for charity. I'm sorry. It's weird. Joe's like, well, that was political. And Dom's like, what? It's not <laughs> political at all, dude. I'm going to fight this guy who runs the monster with UFC. Uh, yeah, this is weird. So I know Hans. Obviously, I know Dom Cruz. I know Hans. I've dealt with Hans. I was sponsored by Monster for a number of years. It's if it, How do I want to say this? Hans is a good dude, but yeah, may, maybe puts too much... Um, emphasis on his own personal social media if anything it's just bad business practices i i don't think hans is a bad guy he's not a villain he, he works with a lot of ufc fighters pays a lot of the guys again it's just bad business practice to and i've heard this from numerous fighters go yeah if i don't comment and like some of his pictures i so, don't get paid so strange dude it's just yeah it's just see <laughs> again it's just bad business practice it's more of a tool move than anything, yeah. but he's not a bad guy. I, you know, he's a dad. He's a family man. Um, he, he's done a lot of good with fighters. I just think he needs to change his approach as far as his business practices. Cause it's definitely frowned upon that being said, I know Hans and monster pays some, I'm not going to say how much a lot of money, and all they ask for is you like and comment on his pictures. That is so. I, I don't. Don't, don't. I don't agree with it. Yeah. It's wrong. Bad business practice. Definitely a douche move. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, let's say I'm going to say a fighter's name. You guys all know him. Let's say Monster pays you nine grand a month, and you have a, a year contract. It's a lot of money, man. That's over a. Uh, that's over a hundred grand a year. And all they ask you to is wear an M on your fucking shorts while you fight. Fine. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. a standard sponsor. Yep. And then if I post something, you got to like and comment. Mm. 
again, super tool move, but at the end of the day, pretty fucking easy to get your money, yeah. man. Now, do I agree with it? No, dude. What? I don't want to lie. I don't like that post. And obviously, Dana's had issues with him and let him up, but Dana has issues with everybody. <laughs> but um, I, I think what gets overshadowed is, you know, Hans has done a lot of good and helped a lot of fighters out. And there's not many sponsors in the UFC now because of Reebok and then Venom takes over in April, which is going to be a shit show. But, you know, so he is helping guys out. Now, this is what Dana said. Now, this is old. Yeah, definitely old. Okay. So, and this is Dana's tweet about Hans. This is at Dana Scrooge McDuck White. Biggest crock of shit ever. When I see everyone on your post, I think, is this guy joking right now or is he actually serious? Now, I want you, I want to know the other thing. This is why. A lot of people love and hate Dana. I want you to know he has $400 million in the bank when he wrote this tweet. So it's kind of weird. But Ego's a motherfucker. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to read this for you guys, especially the ones uh, listening right now. Shout out to you guys driving to work. Uh, biggest crock of shit ever. When I see everyone on your post, I think, is this guy joking right now or is he actually serious? I met you through Tiki. Uh, when Tiki asked me to take a picture with the t-shirt he asked me to wear, I'm assuming you met most of the fighters through Tiki. Uh, pause right there. So Tiki uh, Gosen was Rampage Jackson's coach. He dated uh, uh, Celeste, Ariane Celeste, for a long time. Uh, he was an ultimate fighter coach when I was on season 10. He's a manager for a lot of fighters. He's very close with Dana White. He's very close with a lot of big-name fighters, especially back in the day. Maybe not so more now. He's a great dude. Tiki is a great human being. Okay, that being said, that's how Hans got into the UFC, basically that connection there, mm. which is why you see, you know, I think Rampage was the highest paid monster fighter of all time. Like they paid him millions of dollars and that was a deal through Tiki because he was Rampage's manager. Okay. That being said, so you walk up to people and have some secret, uh, so you walk up, have someone secretly taking pics and then post pics like you are in some meeting and post corny shit like soaring with the Eagles. <laughs> I think fucking this we're in a soap opera, but I love it. Uh I usually just laugh and say, is he fucking serious right now? I don't know exactly what you do for Monster Energy, but it seems like you decide which fighter gets a sponsorship, he does, and which one doesn't. So I'm sure that's why they let you post the crazy shit like you attempting to spar with them and other goofy shit. I didn't become best friends with Rob through you, and you are far from being the guy who influences the influencers. Stop blowing smoke up everyone's ass. And then this is where uh, I think Dana's damn near 50 put hashtag real talk. <laughs> Don't do that, though. Dana. Don't put hashtag real talk, dude. If you're over 45, you can't put hashtag real talk. You can't, dude. But obviously, Dana has his issues with him. Yeah. So, you know, all I can do is speak for myself and my experience with Hans. And he was easy. And, you know. If, if you're going to pay these guys a high salary and your one demand is to like and post on his comments, again, bad business practice. I don't agree with it, but it's easy fucking money, yeah. man. So cry me a river. Just fucking like the guy's picks. <laughs> you know, it's, again, in, in, with all this being said, this just shows you how infant the mixed martial arts world is when it comes to business practices, because in the NFL or NBA, the, these sponsors aren't going to have direct access to the athletes. So Nike doesn't go to LeBron. Be like, Hey man, you need to post and like this comment. No, no, no. You go through his manager who then goes, I'm not, you want LeBron to do what? 
Yeah, fuck, get the fuck out of here. Like and post on your on your picture of you playing basketball with him. No, he's not going to do that. Like it doesn't even make like it doesn't get to second base. It goes through first base through a legit manager, and that the, then the, the the athlete never hears about it. They don't realize how big of tools a lot of these guys are because it goes through the manager. Manager goes, hey guy, you know it's not happening. And then but well, you can do this. Then you go to LeBron. Hey, do you mind taking a picture with this product? And we're, they're going to pay you seven gigillion dollars. So it just shows you how the business practices in mixed martial arts is so infant. And it also shows you where mixed martial arts is at, where these fighters are willing to do this because they're so underpaid. They have to do this to make ends meet because they're not asking Connor to do this. He'd be like, get the fuck out of my face because he's making so much money and he has a serious team around him. So, you know, I think maybe this would be a wake up call for managers to get your shit together, because if you're listening to the show and you're a manager and you have a roster of fighters and Hans has direct access to your fighter, you're fucking up. Why am I paying you 10%? Why would I in the world give you 10% of my monster energy contract when I'm dealing with Hans? You did nothing. And now, not only do you do nothing, but I have to deal with these shenanigans. I have to like, comment on his fucking post when you should have nipped this in the ass from the get-go. But because you didn't do your job, now in order for me to get paid from this sponsor, I have to do this shit, and he has direct access to me. They should, there should never be direct access. So it just shows you the infancy stages, the infancy stages that mixed martial artists are in. Because any other sport across the board this doesn't get past first base, but apparently, but this is how he operates. I talked to Luke Thomas yesterday. He's trying to, I'm like, dude, I know Hans. He's a pretty nice dude. Like what's going on? He's like, I've talked to a number of fighters and no one says anything nice. So again, uh, what's this? We should be careful about assuming the truth of uh, Don McCoo's accusations about Mullen camp, but I definitely would like to learn more. And then Cub, oh. who was the monster forever goes, I think it's totally safe to assume. And Luke put um, uh, emoji eyes, a little old for emoji eyes, whatever. Uh, and then Tom put Dania's opinion on the yeah on the guy. old opinion. Yeah, but Dania's opinion is like well, a Monday. It's different than Tuesday, right? Yeah, like, he's very emotional. So we got to take Dania's opinions out of it, right? Because he's done some tool shit too, and he also probably does some stuff too, very similar to Hans, where you got to do certain stuff to play ball. Uh, Dania did uh, also say like he was kind of like, why is Cruz? Uh, upset and putting out putting out there for everyone to hear it's just like you're paying these guys are just paying you money so you should be able to just be happy it's an easy gig it again it's a very douchey thing to do but Mm -hmm. it's an easy gig yeah it's interesting though very interesting oh the ali abdelaziz also commented on it too uh monster of monster today don cruz shine a light on very sad situation in mma the monster sponsorship guy is like a modern day slave master Making Hall of Famers, UFC champions, some people I really respect kiss his ass. He tried to get some of my champions to play his game, but they will not do it. Ollie's a real manager. He, he is. You can have your opinions on him, but he's a legit manager in the space. So for that reason, he never gave them sponsor. He tried to have other managers to steal Henry Pseudo for me, offer a monster deal to leave me, but we already that I body bagged them, and we already know what kind of guy Henry really is, loyal as they come. Also, we've had a situation with Cody Garbrandt, Kamaro Usman, and they refuse to sell their soul like Henry did and Monster is a great brand, has great for the sport, but this individual is an ass whooping. Yeah, so here's the problem if you're Hans. I don't know, you know, Monster's making this poison in bottles or, you know, their energy drink and they're, they're in extreme sports. This is such a side gig for them. They're probably like, yeah, we'll sponsor UFC and Bellator and do that, do that. 
And then they have no idea that this is going on. And then the real business suits, who aren't, you know, isn't Hans, he's just the representative for MMA, they go, what's going on? And Hans is probably going to lose his job. Mm. But Monster as a whole, and even Hans, is actually good for the sport. They're paying guys that wouldn't get sponsorship from anywhere else. And all you got to do is like his pick. <laughs> again. I guess so. <laughs> again, super douchey. But yeah. all you got to do is like your pick and I get 10 Gs? Sign me up, man. It's I don't give a simple. fuck. I mean, I don't want to have to take, you know, I don't want to have to hang out with you all the time, you know? <laughs> it's just very weird and interesting. It is. All right. Dan Hardy. This sucks. Apparently, he's fired by the UFC and BT Sport. And the only the only details I heard was like he had some sort of issue with some female employee at the UFC like at Fight dis- Island. Like a disagreement. Who Something would, like that. It would not Laura. Laura no, Sanko, I don't. Is it? it didn't even say who it was. Megan O'Leary. Who knows? This is from uh, Del- Dave Meltzer. But this is his response. He goes, there's nothing more insulting than to have your integrity questioned by someone that has with questionable integrity. Mm-hmm. I wonder who that is. I don't know. Um, rather misleading headline there, bjpen.com. You think? That's what they do. Um, they've fallen off like a motherfucker. Uh, not entirely accurate either. I'm no longer working directly with the UFC. The female part is irrelevant. It was a disagreement over an opportunity missed or withheld, and I'd love some answers but can't get any. So bjpen.com did change it after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for the kind words and support. I'm doing just fine. I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be breaking fights down on my channel and elsewhere. Uh, I'm here in service of MMA. And sometimes that puts you on the other side of the line. I'm fine with that. Fist emoji. <laughs> Adam Martin, who I actually like, put, I've uh, amended the title now that Dan responded. The Meltzer article said it was an issue with a female employee. Uh, Dan put, I understand that leaked information feels intentionally crafted. If that's the case, which is also interesting, not surprising though, given how odd the situation is already. Yeah. It's just sad all the way around. You know, if you're an MMA fan, obviously I think Rogan, DC and Anik are the best analyst team in the world, in the game, hands down. But outside, even take out analyst work, as far as like breaking down fights, pre-fight, post-fight, lead up to the fight, Dan Hardy is the best we have to offer. Again, if aliens came down and said, hey, what what should we watch? I would send them towards BT Sport with the UFC. I forget the other two gentlemen's name, two two Brits and Dan Hardy, who's also uh, a Brit. So it's the three of them, and it's my favorite show. They do a great job breaking down. They're so professional, but they also have fun. They have great chemistry. And so when I heard this, it's just a fucking shame, man. It's a shame um, that the UFC would just not give Dan Hardy the benefit of the doubt and to kick him out. Yeah, it's John Gooden. I th- yeah, John Gooden, and I forget the other guy who I love too. But they have great chemistry, man. It's not John Gooden. It's another guy, dude. Go go to uh, BTS uh, BT, B- Sport. BT Sport UFC. And now they have John Kavanaugh, who's great too, but he's no he's no Dan Hardy. You know, Dan Hardy brings obviously has the experience. He's been in there. <laughs> So if you scroll up, uh, scroll down, sorry. Mm-hmm. Cookies, BT, yeah, sure. Um, Whoa. You see the open mat thing? See those two guys? You see the open mat? No. Go, go up. Go up. Hold on. It's, it's the first video. See, see, see where the, video, the three videos are at? Uh-huh. That one. Yeah, that's them. They're, 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 see, those, see the top one and the oh, last yeah, yeah, one? Yeah. And then John's replaced Dan Hardy. And I love John. I'm not mad at it. Mm. But I know fans are mad at it. 
Because, listen, you're talking to a guy who knows a thing or two when he got to switch personalities out. It's a fucking nightmare. People hate change. Trust me. I know it better than anybody. It's a fucking nightmare. And it's just to get that chemistry back is impossible. I just, I'm, I'm telling you guys, man, uh, the show, Dan Hart is joined by Adam and Nick Catterall Pete. and Nick Pete. Yep. They're great. I think they're the best in the business. They uh, they should win awards. They, 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 there's no one better. They are. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. You know, I'm just a talking head. Those guys are fucking brilliant. Dan Hardy's brilliant. Dan Hardy, we don't know each other that well. If I can help you out in any facet, dude, you hit me up. You hit me up, DM me, and I will send you my cell. I don't know how I can help you. You're a beast. You have your your lizard brain channel and all that shit. But when it comes to anything else, if I can help, I'm at full resource. Whatever I can do. Whatever I can do. Uh, you're such a talent. You're a brilliant mind. And I don't know the ins and outs, what happened with you and UFC. I can guess. But uh, for them to take you off that show and BT Sport is such a fucking shame. And the people that really are affected by this are the fans um, because they, they, it's a, such a disservice. What you, Adam, and Nick had is special, and it's such a fucking shame. And um, I hope you guys get back together because you guys are brilliant together. And I hope you figure it out how to work together. I'm sure BT Sport, and they do have a contract with the UFC, so maybe you can't be in there. Maybe you guys do your own podcast somewhere else. Uh, again, if I can help, I know a thing or two about podcasting in this game and I'm at full resource, however I can help uh, get you on your feet, man. So shout out to those guys. And again, that's still a good show with Adam, Nick, and John Kavanaugh, who I love John too. Yeah. But uh, anytime you replace someone that people loved with a new guy, it doesn't matter who it is. Think of uh, that show uh, that Charlie Sheen was on. Remember when he dipped out? Oh, yeah, and the Ad- uh, Ashton Kutcher came in. Ashton Kutcher's great. Yeah. I love Ashton Kutcher, but it's it's not Charlie Sheen, dude. So we're never going to give him his due. It was just not. We like what we like. We like we like the what we can depend on. And again, trust me, I know, dude. It's a fucking nightmare. But again, Hardy, if I can help you, hit me up, brother. I'm here, man. Hell yeah. What else you got? Ben Askren and Jake Paul. It's announced the. The stadium, it's Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and the price point is $49.99. And they, th- well, I, Atlanta's open, and they think they're going to sell out Atlanta, two white boys? <laughs> Did you guys want to run this by your boy here? You th- Hold on. you. Hey, Ben and Jake, I know they're open, but two white boys in Atlanta? You think you're going to sell that out? No, it's Floyd and Logan. That's probably going to sell out. Two white boys <laughs> going at it in Atlanta? In Atlanta. Okay. All right. I know they're open. Texas is kind of open. Kind of. Yeah, I get. Listen, I got Ben Askren on the Food Truck Diary this week. It's gonna be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. He's actually out here working with Freddie Roach, so we linked up. Damn. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to have him on. I love Ben. Absolutely love Ben. I've been a fan of Ben when he was fighting one championship. Joe Rogan, I I think, and I think Joe will tell you the same thing. Had something to do with him getting to the UFC. Wink, wink. And uh, I vouch for the guy, and he's such a talent, and I'm excited for this fight. And I can't believe that people aren't giving his due in this fight. But again, Mercedes-Benz Arena, Atlanta? Oh, you guys, you guys didn't sell that out? Come on. I love it, though. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. $49.99, I'll pay for that. April 17th. That's a good price. All right. Uh, your boy, Cody Garbrandt, he made the news. I guess uh, he's saying that his kid wasn't wearing a mask, his two-year-old son. 
wasn't wearing masks, so they got kicked off of Southwest Southwest Airlines. And he took video. Yeah. He took video of the pilots not wearing a mask. <laughs> and it's the same fucking air. That's the first one, and the pilots about the mask is this one. How crazy is this? You kick a two-year-old off the flight. Look at these fucking yeah. idiots. But you kick the two-year-old off. And we know that kids don't pass COVID. And you kick a two-year-old off. If you're trying to get me fired up, Chan, you're doing it. <laughs> it just sucks when you're with kids. It's You can't control your kids as far as if they want to take something off their face. He's two. I know. He's two it's a with no COVID symptoms. And we know kids can't pass it. It'd be tough not to fight. It'd be tough not to fight someone there. You'll be professional. You got to be, you know, a, a good influence on a kid, but it'd be fucking tough not to fight those pilots on that plane as you're leaving. What else you got? All right. Well, just to cap this one off, this is uh, Chell Sonnen's take. Headline, former UFC champion Cody Garbrandt kicked off of Southwest flight after refusing to wear a mask. And the real question, of course, is why was Cody Garbrandt flying Southwest? Train naturally. <laughs> That's the short video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's, Chale, it's, a, it's a hot take. <laughs> but it, it, it's a hot take. It's a great point. Mm -hmm. I talked to Chael last night about this Hans shit. Oh. But, um, oh, also, uh, Chael, I got him, dude. Because he sees me all the time with my nicotine patches. He's like, dude, you know, blah, 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 worried about me. He's like, what about, have you ever tried the coffee grinds? So coffee grinds are the same thing, but they're filled with coffee. And each one's supposed to be like a half a cup of coffee. So if your boy puts four of them and that's two cups of coffee, it's straight nicotine to the dome. I'm sorry, caffeine. This is a straight up caffeine then. Yeah. They're, I mean, look at them. They're just straight. So, you know, you guys want, it smells just like a cup of coffee. Uh, you want to try them or no, what? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, yeah, I get they, sick when I drink They look coffee. disgusting, yeah. but I'm going to try them. Shout out to Grinds Coffee Pouches, Black Coffee. You get getgrinds.com if you want to try them and kick the nicotine. Um I use nicotine for my brain because I'm worried about CT. And there's a lot of studies that say it helps. Anyway, um, shout out to Chael. I got him, dude. But And if you see Chael doing a show, he has dip in like I do. He doesn't have real dip in. He has coffee. Coffee, oh. Yeah, so now I'm trying them. You do one and one? I do. Well, nicotine, I do three. <laughs> Damn, I do three. Dude. Yeah. And All sometimes right. I do four when I'm feeling froggy. Mm. I go through a can a day. Yeah. Addict. But my brain's firing, baby. Um, yeah, good point. But here's the thing with Southwest. Listen, you and I got to fly Southwest sometimes. So do you, Chael. Like sometimes, like yeah. when I want to fly out of Burbank, and if it's to Phoenix, San Francisco, San Jose, if it's around the West Coast, Southwest is easy. Mm -hmm. Vegas, it's you're looking at a 40-minute flight for 70 bucks. So maybe that's what he's doing. <laughs> Not a big but now if you're going stuff. long distance, yeah, what are you doing Southwest, yeah. Bubba? They're cheap. If you, you kicked off spirit air, it's going to break my fucking heart, dude. What else you got? Remember uh, Otman Azaitar, who uh, had a bat, someone came into the fight island and, you know, scaled the whatever balcony and passed the bag. Hell yeah. So apparently the bag was just full of potatoes. He just wanted potatoes. Potatoes. And Certain then, kind of potatoes. <laughs> maybe. So Ali Adelzi said he's not fired from the UFC. Yeah, isn't that great? Yep. They're like, hey, dude, those were potatoes. Mm -hmm. Whoever his down ass loyal friend is to scale the wall <laughs> with a bag full of potatoes, I need friends like that. Hashtag friend goals. Mm -hmm. uh, Ali said he didn't lose his job. At the end of the day, it was almost like an investigation. Dana looked over it. He's a great kid. Everybody loves him. All the UFC staff loves him. Some people get, got involved. Dana was involved. Listen, when you have Dana White himself handling certain situa situations, serious situation, at the end of the day, 
if they find out whatever they think he did or didn't do, he's a good enough person to get a second shot. He got a second shot at it, and he's looking to get a fight now. Hell yeah. Yeah, so he's not cut. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But again, that friend, I should put you on Food Truck Diaries. <laughs> oh, we're not, but you should be. Uh, you should, you're a loyal friend, and I need more friends like you. Potatoes. I don't know if I have a friend that... Jen, would you scale a wall with potatoes if I need them? If I knew how to scale a wall, I'd probably fall, so I probably wouldn't do Fair. it. Fair. Mm. I bet Kat would. Yes. She's she's down. Kat's right. actually doing me a big favor right now. Really? Okay. Something behind the scenes. Then. Oh, no. Shoe surgeon made some shoes for my birthday, and he, his offices are downtown, and I need him uh, to do a read and post for him because we, we had this agreement. Uh-huh. And uh, obviously, I can't leave. I do fucking a million shows. So Kat's going to stop by and pick him up. Nice. Shout out to Kat. All right. So I saw this picture. Oh, this is older Anthony Rebel Johnson. And then this is the most recent picture of him. Ooh. How crazy is that, dude? Daddy lost weight. Big time. Yeah, having all that muscle is not going to be effective in mixed martial arts. And he is fighting Yoel Romero? Yep. Ooh, that's a tough fight. Mm-hmm. Great fight, though. I know. It's, I never would have thought that, but. Light heavyweight. He's getting in shape, man. Those big muscles do nothing for you in fighting. They really don't. Um, Overeem says, hold my acai bowl. Check these I wonder what's going to happen to Overeem. Oh, oh, you wonder? I wonder. I'll tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen? I told one championship this. I did a food truck with Mighty Mouse and Eddie Alvarez. I think drops this week, this Thursday. Mm. And I told them uh, one championship should uh, sign Alistair Overeem. Obviously, drug testing whatever whatever that is for them and let him become uber Ubering again and oh yeah kick people soccer style in the face and fully redeem himself yeah. how fun would that be dude if he came back to Uberim, he was such a freaking oh my gosh i was fighting at the time and i was like oh hopefully looked i don't have to fight that guy <laughs> all right um pfl announced Roy McDonald's debut, so it's going to be April 29th, and he's fighting an ex. Doesn't it feel like he signed with him seven years ago? Yeah, it felt like it's been a while. I but, forgot um, he's not with the Bellator, so he's fighting David uh, Machad, UFC vet, and then yeah. you can also recognize some other people here too. Tom Lawler, he's back. Chris Camozzi. Chris Camozzi, uh, I came up with Chris, trained with Chris. Oh, Yep, trained with Chris, and um, he's a Denver guy. Love Chris Camozzi. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chris Camozzi. Tom Lawler, I'm also a big fan of. Yep. This is a fun card. Cesar Verrera's uh, on there. Uh, Gleason Tableau. Yeah, um, yeah so it's a fun card. people. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, Luke Rockhold, I guess he wants to come back early summer, late summer. Uh, to middleweight. Mm-hmm. He said he's not going to say for sure, but most likely middleweight. Oh, you're doing middleweight. Bro. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm going to solve this for you. You're doing middleweight. Best body and best face in MMA. Um, yeah. I, I hope he figures out and goes to middleweight and finds that passion again. Him versus Darren Till would be fantastic. Uh, Vittori would be fun. Yeah. Both of them fights. Winner of that should, but here's my thing. Uh, Luke should fight the loser of that because winner of that should get a title shot. Darren Till or Marvin Vittori should get a title fight. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Glad Luke's doing the goddamn thing, though. I love Luke. And apparently him and Michael Bisping, they were at the same gym, and they're cool now. Oh, yeah, they definitely hate each other for a while, huh? For a while, yeah. They're at Ruka Gym. There you go. I'll show you this real quick. Oh, not really a bromance, though. That's more like, hey. They did some other stuff, too. Like, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, it's cool that 
you know, you could just be friends afterwards because yeah, they had a really dude. bad. Both are legends. Like, be cool. Yeah, both great guys. Alrighty, this I don't know why this made headlines, but it did. So Kobe Covington was he took a picture with Polly Pollyanna Viana, who this is the girl that was known for beating up that robber in Brazil. And oh she's yeah, like a dime piece too, right? Super dime piece. Yeah. So some people were saying that they were dating and stuff like that, and then that looks kind of very close, right? He's dating a Brazilian. Mm-hmm. That's the funny thing about it, right? Yeah. What's yeah? Obviously, a complete act. Hope <laughs> you guys figured out now. He's dating a Brazilian. Well, not necessarily. So, Dylan Dennis posted this screen grab. I guess she says we are just friends, and then someone said Colby getting friend zone. She goes, "I already have a boyfriend." Yes. Oh. So I don't know what this picture was. Well, I'll but tell you what, if my girl took a picture like that on some, and then her yeah. hands on his leg, I'm not happy. I'm like, what That's the not fuck happening. are you doing? Mm-mm. Why is your hand on his leg like that? That's a great pick, though. Cody looks good. She looks good. <laughs> I like them together. Yeah, they seem nice. Yeah. And they also put heart emojis on each other's posts before, so they could possibly be dating. Maybe she just doesn't want the world to know. Well, why? Because she doesn't want her house <laughs> to get burned down in Brazil. I know. All right. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, this is Dana White saying that he will have one more fight, and then the next fight will be for the title. If yeah, he, he, can't, he can't get thrown right in a title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, here's what hap- happens. So the biggest loser of the night, even though he didn't compete, would be my boy Corey Sandhagen because now you're going to fight the winner of this, which is probably should have been Peter Yan, but he Russian kick need the guy in the face. So then you got to get an immediate rematch and you're not going to sit out. So now you're fighting TJ Dillashaw. Now here's about TJ and Corey, and I'm sure we have TJ on food truck. Corey and TJ know each other very well. They, tr- they sparred together in Denver. And even before Corey was in the UFC, my coaches, old coaches, uh, would call me and say, hey, th- your boy Corey is doing work on TJ. Whoa. That's what I heard. Oh, damn. So there's a reason why Corey wants that fight so bad. Interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. That's now, who knows, fight. though? That's a dope fight, though. Great fight. Bad blood there, too. Mm. Used to be training partners. Sign me up. I wish Corey would just wait it out and get a title shot, but you got to fight, son. That sucks. Otherwise, you're not going to fight this year. Yep, got to get paid. This thing I thought was amazing. So this is at one championship. I'll just play this video for you. Check out how the ref helped, like, saves this guy. One sec. Oh, tight move. Yeah, Perfect. Herb Dean's looking at us going, eh, too much work. <laughs> that was a crazy elbow knockout, too. You know, look, look at how he take, look, he's like, no, sir. What a great job by the ref, man. The UFC refs are watching us like, mm, just too risky, man. We'd rather see him eat the shots. Mm. Well, shout out to Chris Blazeball. Thanks, asshole. What else you got? That was devastating. The Curtis Blades one. Horrible. Yeah. That's unheard. Okay, this is just Rachel Ostevich posting about it. <laughs> she has a new website too. So I guess the same company that did Paige Van Zant's website. It's kind of like sort of like OnlyFans-ish type of thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, she's she's now on Rachel247.com. Mm-hmm. All right, what else you got, Chin? <laughs> this guy is sad. Uh, he broke his leg in two places after this dude kicked him. Would he check it? Would he Ki- check it? Sort of a check. I'll play the video for you. Which guy breaks his leg? The guy putting his foot down right now. Look, you'll see. 
Look at that. Oh, disgusting. Yeah. Oh, the guy's still going down. Yeah. <laughs> Heard him? I'm sure he didn't know that his leg was broken in half. Boom. But that is crazy. Both some thick boys. And he was undefeated up until this point. Not anymore. No. Um, let's do a happy one. Dan Hooker finally Yay. got to be with his family. God, man. Dude. He's basically been in the fucking hole. Yeah. Oh. That's his daughter. What's he been doing in there? Quarantining. God, New Zealand doesn't fuck around. No. We have Theo's thirsty ass. <laughs> hey, is there any like major MMA thing or something? Like, you'll see. Th t listen, pause this. Listen, <laughs> Theo, dude, you got to quit trying to it's get so light funny. so much. Here's the thing, dude. Like, even on UFC, he'll be like, uh, you know, hashtag UFC 259 just to get on the broadcast. He'll be like, I can't believe you did this for us, Dana. Thank you, dude. It's like, dude, get off their nuts. Thirsty. God, dog. God, it's, it's so annoying. I do see, I follow all these MMA accounts and I'll see people popping up. Dude, how, yeah, you're right, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love seeing that with uh, Hardy, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, Hangman. The Hooker. Hangman. Hooker. Yeah, my bad. What did I say? Hardy. I said Hardy, yeah. Still thinking of Hardy trying to help Yeah. You know what? That's kind of all the big news. Other ones are just like real quick fight announcements. Ezin Barbosa, Shane Burgos, UFC 262. That's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Cub Swanson, Gio Gikadze, and Marching Tibera, Walt Harris. Fun fights. Mm -hmm. Is that it, oh, dude? There are two. Matt, Matt Brown. Oh, that's Taylor a Lima. fun one. That was so, you know, before this Hardy stuff happened, Dan Hardy was actually focusing on Matt Brown. Yeah, then yeah. you're talking about uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Diaz, Diaz too, right? Apparently he had some issue with Nick Diaz at Fight Island too, or something like that. Interesting. I think yeah. for Dan Hardy, it all kind of went downhill once he did that with Herb Dean. He was on thin ice. Then you, yeah, you're all eyeballs on him. Yeah, whatever he does. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, we got a good card this Friday, or sorry, Saturday fight night. Great fight night. Great main main event. I can't tell you how high I'm on, uh, but. Belial Belial Muhammad, mm -hmm. savage, uh, just one of the toughest, relentless pressure guys in the game. Good at all aspects. He's taking a risk here, fighting Leon Edwards. Poor Leon Edwards, ranked number three, huge win streak. Should be fighting for a title. Instead, he's fighting this fucking monster Muhammad just to get you know shake the dust loose. It's a tough fight, man. It's a very tough fight for both guys. Great fight. I like Leon Edwards. Obviously, he's a Brit. I always side with the Brits. He's number three. He's been fucked over. He should have been fighting for a title. He, you, you want to talk about another guy who's underestimated or undervalued? It's Leon Edwards, yeah. man. I know Drew Dober. They says the most, uh, you know, underranked guy, undervalued guy. Leon Edwards leapfrogs him all day. He's another one. Um, but there's something about Muhammad that I vibe with and I fuck with that he's taking advantage of this opportunity. He just fought, and now he's fighting number three guy in the world. It's a nightmare matchup for him, and I really fuck with Muhammad. Um, but it'd be such a shame for Leon Edwards to do all this waiting, supposed to fight Till, supposed to fight Kobe Covington, supposed to fight all these guys. Doesn't come to fruition. Sorry, not Till, but he's supposed to fight Kobe Covington. He's supposed to fight all these big names, and it just never happened to him. And now he's fighting a guy who he should not be fighting. It's a tough fight. But, yeah, I really fuck with Muhammad here. Uh, Misha, Ryan Spann's a great fucking fight. Ben Rothwell, can't believe he's still doing it, but he is. Philip Linz. 
Uh, Dan Ige doing the goddamn thing. Gavin Tucker, great fight. Has fight of the night written all over it. Angel Hill, Yoder is fantastic in the strawweight division. Um, Eric Anders and Darren Stewart, great fight. JJ Aldridge, Ronnie Yaya, Ray Rodriguez. Yeah, great night of fights. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching my green room in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, Saturday is sold out, but we added tickets to Friday and Thursday. So get your tickets for Thursday, Friday. Um, and that's this weekend, March 11th through 13th. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Hilarities. I'll be there with uh, my crew, Chappelle Lacey and the boys. We'll all be out there. Thick Boy merch will be the exclusive Thick Boy merch will also be there as well. Uh, we dropped uh, the Thick Boy Letterman jackets and the maroon hoodie and the black hoodie, the Thick Boy Nation hoodie and Thick Boy Nation jackets. It's the fastest sellout we've ever had. So shout out to you guys. I think there are six jackets left and two of each hoodies. So by the time this airs, they're probably sold out. Um, either way, go check it now. Thickboy.com for all your Thick Boy needs. And that's it, man. But Cleveland, I will see you this weekend. Spokane next week. Spokane is sold out. So we added shows thursday late show and saturday early show all other tickets are sold out so spoken if you want to see me and the crew next week for my b-day come on out march 18th late show thursday and early show saturday are the only tickets left tickets at fatkz.com and i i end march in miami florida march 25th through 27th miami florida uh miami improv all right but cleveland you're on the clock see you this thursday friday saturday tickets at fatkz.com that's it. So much to get into. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for watching. If you haven't seen the new segment we're doing, it's called What's Up with Brendan Schaub. Fans get a FaceTime with me, Zoom call, ask whatever the hell they want. It's literally one of my favorite things to do, seeing you guys from all around the world. It's one of my favorite shows. Let's keep it going. The new episode number two just dropped, so go check that out. We only have two episodes going on right now. You can watch all those at Below the Belt YouTube. Uh, go check them out, man. Then we got food truck drop in with uh, Eddie Alvarez and uh, Demetrius Johnson this Thursday. Then I'm also doing a food truck with Ben Askren. So lots going on uh, in the fight world, man. But that's it. Cleveland, see you this week. I love you guys. Stay thick. Stay healthy. Health is tight, to quote Chappelle AC. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. I'm sick of talking. I love you guys. I'm out.